0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Yes. Leave me at stage door welcome back to stage door podcast before we get into today's episode talking to the insanely talented Karis oka we would like to acknowledge the gadigal people of the eora nation the traditional custodians on this land of which we work live and record and recognize their continuing connection to land water and community we pay respect to elders past present
1: and emerging tori take it away with the bulletin She rocked the Royals and created a legacy that will endure forever. Last week, it was announced that the new Broadway show, Diana the Musical, will make its global debut as a special presentation on Netflix on Friday, the 1st of October, before hitting the Broadway stage in November 2021. We cannot wait to see what this show brings to the stage. The Australian Theatre for Young People has officially announced the name of their new 200 seat theatre in their new home at Pier 2 3 the Rebel Theatre, named after their alumna, Rebel Wilson. The Rebel Theatre will place young people centre stage and Australia's future actors, playwrights and theatre makers will walk its boards. Shows on Broadway have officially recommenced and we could not be happier to see the arts revitalised in the US. Shows such as Waitress, Hadestown and more have reopened and we wish them all the best as more shows begin reopening. We can only hope that Australian theatre will take into account what Broadway and the West End are doing to keep their arts communities alive. Well, that's it for today's bulletin. Back over to you, Eliza.
0: Karis studied at Centre Stage Performing Arts in 2016 before commencing training at the Victorian College of Arts, graduating with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Music Theatre in 2019. She was a featured vocalist in Woodstock's 50th anniversary as a part of Melbourne Cabaret Festival in 2019, as well as in Morning Melodies, which was presented by Arts Centre Melbourne.
1: Shortly after graduating university, she made her professional debut at the Sydney Opera House as a swing in the first Australian cast of Six the Musical. In 2020, she was a semi-finalist in the inaugural Artists of Colour Initiative before returning to the stage in Eve Blake's critically acclaimed Fangirls in 2021 in the principal role of Edna. Please welcome to the mic, Karis. Hello.
2: Oh Hi. my god, that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that made me kind of existential just listening to like bits of the last few years. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely,
1: it's- uh, I think everyone reacts similarly yeah. when we. When we read your bio back to you, it's very different having to write it or read it for yourself versus when somebody else says it, I think.
2: Yeah, it is. I kind of zone out when I write them, to be honest. I feel like everyone forgets that, like, we write them. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't pay someone to write that for me. (laughs) No,
1: no, no. It's all our own
0: work. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) But
1: how have you been? Obviously, you're based in Melbourne, so Mm -hmm. you're currently in lockdown um, as with us in Sydney, Mm -hmm. but what have, what have you been up to? What have you been doing to
2: not go insane? I've been doing a lot of like, um, mostly comfort things. I've taken the pressure off myself to be like mad productive because if I had that energy, amazing, but unfortunately I don't. So I have just been going for like comfort TV shows, comfort foods, um, Phone calls and walks around the town aimlessly talking to myself and pretending (laughs) I'm talking to people on the phone sometimes. Sometimes you have to.
0: Yeah. honestly (laughs) human connection you need it Mm. and if it's just yourself well at least you spent some good quality time with yourself during this lockdown
2: I honestly find it really insightful it's very I think it is actually quite important to talk to yourself every now and again because what comes up it's very interesting
0: (laughs) I mean you got to take time for yourself during this time and really look after yourself watch those movies that you haven't watched for years but you've always been like I want to that Mm -hmm. or I want to read that or I want to do this special thing. It's definitely a time for discovering yourself and and new things, of course. But obviously, we're here today to talk about the world of theatre and your world within that theatre. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into theatre?
2: I feel like it's low-key kind of boring. It's just that (laughs) I wanted to be a performer. I originally wanted to be like, I want to be a pop singer. I want to do I want to do the pop star shit and then I did end up doing theatre at high school and, um, yeah, it, I was just like, oh, I actually like this this just, just as much and then I kind of just fell into it and was like this is a bit more, for some reason, a bit more achievable of, of a career in my brain. <laughs> Not true. They're both <laughs> fucked but um, I went with this one and here I am. Yeah. Definitely. I think we all <laughs> wanted to
0: be the next Katy Perry at some, at yeah. some point oh, in our I lives. Oh, I wanted to be the next Nikki Webster. Oh, that's Strawberry nice. <laughs> oh, those were the days.
1: <laughs> that's cute. They definitely were. <laughs> I like that. I think that that is, it doesn't have to be. And that's the thing. Everybody's stories are so different. And it can. it is literally like, I know for me, I was just like, oh, I want to do music theater. And that's what I do. Um, Some people have such like prolific experiences that bring them into theater. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just wanted to do theater. Yeah. That's what
2: I do. Yeah. They're (laughs) like, my mum was um, on Broadway and then a witch told her that she was going to have a daughter and she was going to get cast in this show. And I knew it was my destiny. Like, I wish it was that, that fun, but honestly, it was just that I was like, I love attention and I'm good at singing and stuff. And why is that not enough? Like, I think that's enough. To make yeah. a career out of, and yeah. it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <And laughs> you do take the job very seriously. I want to say yeah. that, <laughs> and you do it, and you do
1: it amazingly. Oh, so, thanks. props to you. <laughs> Thank you. And I guess so. You made your professional debut in one of, honestly, kind of the most iconic shows on stage right now. <laughs> what was it like stepping on stage? Because obviously, so you're a swing. So mm. I guess first, explain to us a little bit about what being a swing is.
2: Um, well, I'll, I'll just speak to being a swing on six because that's the only yeah. place yeah. I've been a swing on. Um, and I think six does it kind of differently to other mm. people. Um, but being a swing on in the Australian cast of six was there was three of us. We learned all the roles and, um, yeah, chuck us on whenever, wherever, um, if whenever they need us. And, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that definitely is different (laughs) as well, because you guys all have, you don't, um, it's not like, I feel like in other shows, if you're a swing, and uh, for example, you, this is the first thing that comes to my head, you go on as Christine Daae, you wear Mm. Christine Daae's costumes. Mm. Whereas in Six, you have your own costume, don't you? And then regardless of what role you're in, that's the costume that you wear, which is really cool, because it gives everyone a chance to know you and your take on that role. It's not just somebody kind of fitting into, I guess, what, you know... Aragon is or anything like that. Yeah,
2: it's very special, I think, in that way, because I think it it, it just makes you feel a lot more valued as an individual. Um, mm-hmm. And your kind of take on the role is you're not just trying to copy the person and fill that spot for the night, you get like to have a yeah. bit more ownership of it, which I think is something that all shows should be striving for. I don't know, like, I haven't been in like many other shows so I'm not sure like what that l- would look like exactly mm. but you know it's very celebrate swing culture and overseas they're called alternates um alternate culture is really really like so so exciting and because the- it's such a small cast it kind of allows for that as well and the fans go coca bananas when a swing or an alternate goes on as opposed to like you know you say you get a an understudy going on for um potentially like an a more traditional show, and people are like, oh, we got the understudy, which is so sad. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: There's definitely been a bit of a shift with um, understudies and things like that. Like, I get so excited to mm. see understudies. I think they're celebrated so much more, and swings are celebrated more because, I mean, like we are. I have talked to some people about swing work in the past and they have said that it's very much like you need to be exactly like that person you need to step like them you need to basically like the show needs to run and it not run differently Hmm. and I think it's really lovely that six does it in a way that celebrates your own individuality and who you are as an artist that you can bring to the role. So it's not like, oh, I have to like click here at this exact time because she was feeling it there. Yeah. You can do your own mm. your own interpretation of what that character is.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just because that's also like the core of the show is about celebrating individuality and like what makes you special. So yeah. it's kind of like nadar that they made it yeah so a a central part of how the show runs with the swings and stuff so yeah
1: Yeah. and because it does six is definitely a show that um i think everybody it's not like you know like when you see other shows and people take their own meaning from certain characters six i think very much is every every queen plays them differently Mm. and to their own right um but what was it like like you stepping on stage for your first performance in six it was
2: fucked like it was so <laughs> scary, and like obviously it was so exciting and all that stuff, but I was also a baby I'd like just I just graduated I was so I was green as hell, and I just didn't even really trust that I could do it to be honest, but um it was made so safe from the other five ladies on stage and the other two swings that had my back um but God, it was scary I remember standing there um. <laughs> You come out and it's, like, so dark and everything. And then there's that part where um, Aragon's like, "Uh, Sydney, tonight we are... And everyone's just seen, like, a... I don't know what those spotlights are when it's right above your head. But it's it's like that single line. Yeah, it's that single line. I was literally standing there. I'm like, oh, I'm going to shit myself. Anyway, (laughs) live! And it was just (laughs) from then on my... I think it was just a 90-minute-long anxiety attack. But I did it. And I'm here to tell the tale. So it was scary, (laughs) but it was exhilarating. And like that type of thrill is addicting, I think. I love to be scared like that because it's literally just singing and dancing. I'm like, oh, we're so scared. It's like, oh, boo hoo. I'm singing and dancing in a fun costume on stage with other ladies. No one's going to die. I'm not a brain surgeon. (laughs) If I, oh no, I went to the wrong position. Like, it's okay. It was my first time ever. And yeah. yeah, I look back on it really like with so much compassion, but it was really scary and and amazing.
1: Yeah. Because it's also, it's like such a high energy show. I saw it in Sydney. Mm. La- oh God. Last year? Yeah. 2020. Year. Gosh, 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know what to expect of it. And it's definitely, I would say it's kind of somewhere a mix between seeing... I feel like it's a breed of its own. It's like somewhere seeing between a musical and seeing like a live concert is the vibe. Like there mm. the energy. I've never experienced a show with that much energy. And it was like phenomenal start to end. I was just like, didn't know what to expect. And it was just like amazing. Well, technically you did get to
0: live out your pop star dream. I did. And the end of the day. Cause I guess <laughs> six is kind of
2: a bit of a pop star, pop star moment. Mm, it is. <laughs> it- just like its own little bubble of pop concert crazy um I always say this but like girl power like but it is it is in its like most purest form all of those things times a hundred so I think that's why it just has such a life of its own yeah
0: definitely and I mean what was um obviously I guess, what was your audition process like for the show? Was it different than normal? Was it during COVID times? How did
2: you end up auditioning for the show? Oh, my God. It was literally, I auditioned while I was still in third year at uni. Um, oh, wow. We were all doing like our final show of the year. And um, yeah, we were getting like sent briefs through uni. So we went in for that. Um Did you, like, more goss or, like, more, like, the process of the audition? Whatever you feel. (laughs) Was there anything anything interesting
0: happened during the audition process? Did you guys dance
2: first, sing, or...? Uh, There were three rounds. Um, I think we had to sing, like, they gave us a list of pop songs and you had to do one of them and then you had to bring your own pop song and I think that was the first round and maybe we did a little dance. Mm -hmm. And then the second round, I think they gave us some sides, um, and then we'd sung and dance, I assumed. And then the third round, I remember was so intense. It was like a full day and it was dancing and singing and it was doing it in front of the other girls that were auditioning because, like, obviously the show is, like, for an audience and it's a lot of, like, how we it tonight? And, like, it, you <laughs> kind of can't really simulate that in an empty room with, like, a panel of people. Yes! So they had people in the room and stuff like that, which was fun but also obviously scary to do that in front of all the people you're auditioning against. Um, and mm. this isn't really goss, and, but I think it's, like, kind of funny... I thought I smashed the first audition second round third round I was literally like I'm the worst person in the whole wide world to ever exist and open my mouth and sing a song and like that is so I I like bring it up not to be like but then I got the gig but I bring it up to be like (laughs) you don't know you just have no idea on the third round I was like as sick as a dog and like Sorry, it's so it feels like naughty to say that during COVID times that I went to an audition and I was sick.
0: Um, I know, but it was before that. It
2: was before then, it was before it was then. Before then. that it, time. It was, but I was sick, and I remember being like, "Oh my god!" Like I don't, I feel horrible. I, it was one of those days where if someone had asked me, "How are you going?" I would have just burst into tears. Um, hmm. But yeah, you just never have any idea, really. Like sometimes I think I go into auditions and smash it, and then I never hear from them ever again. And then sometimes I'm like, well. They hate me and also I'll never work and then they're like you've got six musicals so (laughs) (laughs) and you're like okay wow yeah what a way to graduate (laughs) exactly exactly but it's crazy because like and same with the returning cast maybe not so much with the new girls oh actually I take this back we're not the same people who auditioned at all now like it's 2021 Mm -hmm. I auditioned in late 2019 I'm a completely different performer. I feel like a completely different person. I'm still at my core like myself, but, yeah, I've just, it's so wild to, like, recall the auditions and be like, I'm still doing, I'm still about to be in this show and what I'm going to bring to it, who knows? Who knows? (laughs)
0: Exactly. It's. I mean, it's pretty remarkable to be able in this time to look forward to being in, in a show and get to re. Oh my god. And get to relive it, and I mean as well, obviously throughout those years developing your skills more and, and being able to bring more to the roles and bring more of yourself as well mm. and how are you feeling heading back into it all into your second season
2: I'm excited i like I genuinely am I've gone through like ups and downs the downs being like I can't trust that anything in this world is ever going to go ahead ever again like even the things that are locked in like I don't think the whole world will ever trust that anything is locked in ever again. Um, so Agreed. like sometimes I have days where I'm like, I'll oh, believe I I'm in the show when I'm in the room, when yeah. I'm in the costume about <laughs> to go on stage and the lights come on, maybe I'll be like, Oh, it's happening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, when I'm not in those moments, I'm very much just like, Oh, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. Mm. I want to be doing the thing that I like to do. Um, and I want everyone to be able to come and see it and enjoy it, and because it's such a healing show, I think it's yeah not it. it, it no shade to shows that are more um, just uh, escapism entertainment, but I think mm. show, like Six is particularly healing, and it, in it's crazy that like it's just. It's needed more so now than I think it was when it first got put on, which is wild. Yeah, it's definitely,
0: you need that right now, especially during COVID. Mm. To go to a theatre is, you want to leave it feeling different and when the world is in such a disarray, to go in and to feel to feel everyone around you, but also to get such an empowering story and feel, feel like you come out a different person is such... A beautiful thing that you know. We have our fingers and toes crossed. Everything will will go ahead, and everyone do your part. Yeah, go get vaccinated. Get
2: vaccinated. Wear do those it.
1: masks. Yeah, we want to. We want to see it happen. A hundred percent. It will. It will happen. It will. That's, that has to be my mentality right now. Otherwise, yeah, I just will. What's the point? <laughs> lose it. Because um, I'm like, I had a show cancelled. What like. Mm. A month ago now and i'm, I'm like so it will happen even though even though the yeah pre- even though the director is like not going to be this year i'm like no no it'll happen <laughs> yeah it'll happen everyone we spent months working on this it will happen yeah um, you gotta hold on to
2: something you really do yeah but i
1: agree I'm so excited to hopefully see it in december yeah. of this
2: year yeah me too there is still hope <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah 100 i'm with you there so you headed straight out of studying, straight into a show, which is insane. And it's kind of, I guess, what everybody kind of hopes to do. But everyone's experience, I've we found really studying music theatre, especially within Australia or theatre or performing arts in general, has been very different. So what was your experience studying with both ShowFit and VCA like?
2: Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm someone I feel like academic structure works really well for me personally. I it might not be everyone's cup of tea and I don't think uni is necessarily the be all end all pathway. Um, but in saying that I can just speak from my experience and I liked, I feel like show fit, like, so that was a, for people who don't know, it was like a short course, um, that is kind of like a bridging course between high school and universities. Like that, I think that's how most people kind of like, like to use it and that's how I used it. Um, and I feel like ShowFit really, because I would have been 18, um, it really kind of like made me just focus on like what makes me special as a performer, what what makes me um, an individual and all that stuff because um, I had auditioned for VCA straight after high school and I didn't get in and then I went to ShowFit and then I auditioned again and I went to VCA. Um, but then I feel like in comparison, like VCA, which – I, don't, I feel like maybe, like, if ShowFit was, like, focus on what makes you special, VCA vibes were my, more like, okay, we trust that you know what makes you special. Let's work with it. So, oh. yeah, if that makes – that's kind of how I view them in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: get what you mean. They, they kind of – you have a sense of, of self by that point which I think is what those like VCA and WAPA usually look for is mm. like do you do you have like a sense of your own identity and you know yeah life experiences even god
2: it's so it's so crazy because no like you just like never know who you are and it's crazy that being in our industry and especially being a performer you have to meet jobs and you know classes and all that stuff with your full identity and it's like who the fuck knows who they (laughs) are when they're 20 who knows who they are when they're 60 and it's like that is wild that we just have to be constantly investigating that at like because I could, if I wasn't doing theater, I'd be happily just like, yeah, I don't know who I am. But because it's like, well, no, I have to kind of know if I'm about to play a character, I need to know how they're different from me. I need to know what I do and don't um, need to work on for this and like all of that stuff. So yeah, I think that like focus on who you are as an individual, I think that needs to come from you rather than expecting you need to bring it out of you because Yeah. At least that's my personal preference is that you should be investigating that yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you weren't, like, theatre, it's all about investigating yourself. Mm. So it it is, like, we do have a heightened sense of self-awareness that I think some other industries or, like, if you were just, you know, going about your normal everyday life, you wouldn't really think about who you are as a person, let alone, you know, like you said, you can be 25 and still not know your identity and you shouldn't have to either. No, and it's
2: always changing and stuff, but I think, like... Yeah, being at uni, it, 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 it's such a, I'm sure you know, like it just feels like it's the whole world and it's straight up not. Um, but there's not like, you, I, w- I could go back in time and shake myself by the little neck and be like, girl, this ain't the world. And I still wouldn't believe it. Like you, you, it's, it's like high school. You don't realize that it's not it until you're out of it. And then it's too late and you're like, oh, but that's just how it goes. So, I mean, I was going to ask you for advice, but I think that kind of
1: is advice in itself.
2: Yeah, I would just say keep learning about yourself and um, learn about like in in learning about yourself. What I actually mean is, what do you like and what I- interests you as a performer? And know that there's not a wrong answer. And it's very easy to go into I think like the, like university style learning, and you know, certain composers will be deemed as better than others, and this taste level is what actually is good and you know if you like this musical then like that's embarrassing or like i not that i was ever like particularly shamed at university for liking anything but it is like an a thing that you internalize i think without even realizing it because it is coming from you know a faculty of people that are grading you and that you are looking to for advice it's very easy to kind of think that there is right and wrong in how what you like and at the end of the day I think what you like is the stuff that's going to get you jobs like not Mm -hmm. you know if I went by what uni thought was um was was right or wrong and you know in saying that they weren't like this is right and this is wrong but like if I really 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 stuck to that I would be kind of steering away from the work that makes me passionate and that's the work that I've attracted from you know, just in being authentic. I think being authentic stuff will always bring you, um, wait, did that sentence make sense? I think being authentic will always bring you good work.
1: I totally agree. And I I think that that is also, I think that's what, because um, you can tell when someone is being authentic and they're being their authentic self, they're not trying to, obviously I, I would say it's, it's definitely hard to not have that thing inside you being like, just please them, Do, mm. give them what they want. Um, because so more often than not I've definitely gone into auditions where they've promptly at the beginning you know so often they'll get you all into the room for the dance audition and they'll give you a little bit of a spiel about this is what we're looking for and if you don't get chosen it's okay but so often they do say just be yourself yeah and just give us you mm. but maybe give us you in this show yeah kind of thing and I think that they're not just saying that for shits and gigs, because they're trying to make you come, they're saying it because they they do want to see you and they also want to see who they're going to be working with as well, because mm. you might show the nicest person in the audition and then be an absolute shit castmate, so they yeah. want to see you,
2: yeah, a hundred percent, and we need more original performers. I don't want to see the same people all the time. It's boring.
0: Yes, <laughs> we need to see more diversity within within the performing as well. Which yeah, I think I think it's it's starting to it's starting to happen, and we need to see more of it. And once you know, Australian theatre opens. You know bring your individuality everyone yeah <laughs> yeah 100% all right well we're actually going to move into a little bit of a game Ooh. now and this is gonna be lots and lots of fun I'm really interested to see how this will play out me too so what we're gonna do is some six trivia oh my god <laughs> okay might
2: expose me but yep yeah, let's do it no no I'm so nervous
0: I'm, I don't think I've done anything to expose it here. I did more like history kind of of
2: vibes all rather right. than
0: like show vibes but I do have a few in there okay all
1: right
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so anxious
0: <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll go one at a time and I'm going to give you different questions mm. and so Tori will go first just so that it's not as nerve-wracking and um and then you'll go and then at the end I do have a tiebreaker if it gets to that so okay, okay. we will see <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, Tori. Yes. Which wife was not beheaded or divorced, but died during their marriage to Henry?
1: Oh, my God. Why can't? I'm thinking of the actor's, like, I'm thinking of the <laughs> Aussie actor's name. Oh, no. Um... <gasps> oh, no. Wait. Well, okay, you... I, need to, I need to think about this for a second. I know which it's the third wife. <laughs> and I remember that the actor that played her, name is Lauren. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of what the the character's name is. There's Aragon. Wait, wait, wait. I'll, should I send? And then send Bolin. You all the... And
2: then there's Seymour. Yes. Yes. yes! <laughs> she got there. She we got, got there. Apparently, we've got to go through with the names, or the numbers, or the colours.
1: Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I know that she wears black and silver. And that she was played by Lauren, and that she was amazing.
2: You just <laughs> missed all the there. other
0: things. Yeah, we, we only, yeah we focus on compartmentalize. It's like when you actually need to know the information, your brain does not know the information. Yeah, but... you remember
2: everything but the name. You're like she could yeah. belt up to an F sharp. Um, she yeah. was yeah. about five foot two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. This is this is actually my favorite. Uh, question I have for trivia. Okay, I didn't know, and I think it's hilarious. But oh my anyway, god! Historically, which queen had a sixth fingernail?
2: Isn't it Anne Boleyn?
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my god! She's done her research. She's done her research in two
1: thousand and twenty. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. I love that.
1: That was yeah. so fast as well. Oh my god, I took so long.
0: <laughs> it's such a random historical fact that I just found far too interesting not to put in here. There are some
2: good, <laughs> like, juicy gossip facts, like gossip girl style facts in the history of everything. Like, I,
0: love it. I should have done a gossip girl.
2: It, but, like, we, we would always yeah. say, we were like, this could be a TV series. Like, there was something crazy, like, um, the fourth and the fifth queen, Cleves and Howard, partied together at one of their weddings. And like it's in documents, it's, re- it's recorded in like letters that they were partying together on that night.
0: Well, because I actually read something and I'm pretty sure it. I'm pretty sure it's not in my trivia. <laughs> Give me the it's answer. It's not in my trivia. But I think maybe Cleves and Howard were cousins.
2: Oh. Um, is that
0: correct or is that false news?
2: I don't. No, they're not cousins. Um, Boleyn and Howard are cousins because Cleves oh. is German, and they were both
1: beheaded. How sad.
2: Yeah. Rest in peace. They just
0: really did not like their family.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they didn't like women, to be honest. No.
0: Yeah. No, they did not. All right, Tori. Who yes. was the future? Uh, who was the mother of the future queen of England? Was it A and Boleyn? Was it B? Jane Seymour,
1: or is it three and of Cleves? I'm not going to say Cleves. I'm going to say, oh no. I know Seymour oh, had a little boy. I think. But did, it was it a girl? No. I'm going to say Boleyn. You
0: are correct. Yeah. I was like, I thought Seymour I had a little on. boy
1: and died very soon after having yeah. him. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think, did Cleves have any children? No. No, I didn't think so. Because she was just <laughs> living it up in her own castle by herself having a great time Mm. Mm -hmm. the power of deduction
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right this is your question now Mm -hmm. who historically was Catherine howard a lady in waiting to
2: oh my god this one's hard because they were all like i think she was a lady in waiting Uh, i want to say jane seymour but I don't know if that's it. Do you know what I've totally
0: done? What have you done? I
2: have not written the answer. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? It could be but any actually, of them didn't... because, like, lots of them were ladies-in-waiting no. to each other. It was – no, I, you know what? what? They were, which I found very
0: interesting. Yeah. But it's not her. But I was going to give you options, so I hadn't got to the options. Oh, okay. Okay, give me the, give, the me, give me the options. Give me the options. And, I'll give you the options. Well, one was A, Jane Seymour, B, Anne of Cleves, or C, Catherine Parr. So now you have two to choose from.
2: Who who am I talking about, actually? who, Who is the lady in waiting in question? Catherine Howard. Oh. Mm. Catherine Howard. I, I actually don't know this. I'm... The lady-in-waiting stuff gets very confusing to me. You can just tell me.
0: They were all, you know, I guess he liked her ladies-in-waiting. He really did. What can we say? He really did. But it was Anne of Cleves.
2: Oh. I know. Oh, oh, no, you know what? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll give you that one. (laughs) That's (laughs) actually, that makes sense in like a timeline way. Yeah, I was like, because Howard came after Cleves. Oh, in my Yeah. One hundred percent. You're right. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That works out.
0: <laughs> All right, Tori. Yes. Which queen? I love this fact. Which queen was the first woman to publish books under her own name and in English? Pa? Catherine Pa? Yes.
2: Yeah. You are correct. Because she was a writer. And she... She wrote books and psalms and meditations. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> And she sang it exactly like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can really deduce a lot from the narrative, but... <laughs> that's what I love about it, though, right? Is yeah. that it is such a show that is like... I pref- look, I prefer it much more to Hamilton, but that's my personal opinion. But there's so much history done in such a way... I feel like I would never have known this about these women and such detail about these women without these songs. Yeah. It's a history lesson. Yeah.
0: It is a history lesson. It is a
1: popified, Children. most fun possible history lesson you could ever have. Yeah, it's great. Exactly.
0: Children, get out there. Go go listen to musical theatre. <laughs> That'll give you all the history you need. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Karis, mm-hmm. let's do the last one for you. This is your last one. <sighs> yep. <laughs> How many years was Catherine of Aragon married to Henry?
2: Oh, my God. She literally says this. It's like. Yes. Um, but when does she say it? Catherine of Aragon married 24 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I really picked that random verse. But that's it, 24. You're like, yeah. yes got there (laughs) I won't get fired I love that (laughs) all
0: right you guys have absolutely smashed this so now this one I assume will be quick or it might not be quick but uh, it will definitely be quick for one of you Uh I've got a last question and what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the question and then I'm going to count down to three and after three you can buzz in your name and it's the first one in gets to answer it all right okay you guys ready
2: yeah let's so scared. yeah
0: what is the name given for the encore at the end of the show Car- three two one Karis. <laughs> do you want to say it i think Karis got in there i think say it together what is it it's, it's mega, mega six, six. Yeah. <laughs> teamwork well i guess you both won that and that was very sweet so you are both you are both queens in my eyes thanks you're a
2: queen too (laughs) we're all queens
0: (laughs) we are i'll take it i'll take it (laughs) all right now getting back onto some of our questions of course you just recently finished your run with fangirls in the title role of edna how did this show differ from other productions you've worked on? Obviously, completely different to Six. Mm. How did how did you go about preparing for this and being in it?
2: Um, well, different because I was not the swing. Um, so there's that already. <laughs> what, so different. Um, Whoa. <laughs> um, but, and then different because it was because it is a, a newer Australian musical. It was a lot more flexible and like really just kind of really fresh like well the the musical I always use the word fresh it's probably a bit like overdone now but it really is just like I can't name another musical like it I can't in, in, in regards to like the story the characters the way it's told um the content and the music like it, I I I really don't know another musical like it, Um, but because it was newer and I was working closely with like Eve and stuff like that, it was very um, kind of malleable. If I like wasn't super comfortable with something vocally, like it was, I, that it was really flexible and, um, six is a lot more like there was a formula to it. It had to, it had to be the, the show that was overseas. Like it's exactly the same. And you know, it's all girl group formation. It's like you, someone's yeah. on this point, someone else is on this point and the lights are hitting exactly where you are, um, in saying that, I did have to be in the right spot for girls too. Um,
1: yeah. but... No, no, no. You just expected them to like chase you around they stage. actually, right? you
2: know what, they made, I made it up on the night really. It was yep. a monologue yeah. from me.
1: Just a follow spot,
0: follow me around.
2: Yeah. I'll make choices. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it felt a lot more flexible like that. But um, yeah, it was very special and um, completely different and still a small cast. Still a really loving and like um, supportive environment, but yeah, just completely different. But so many similarities, like the demographic is kind of the same age range, same kids that love six, love fangirls um, mm. and adults. But yeah. yeah, it
0: was a fantastic show. It would have been great to be a part of um, creating new work as well, which is always so exciting in Australia when we get to see new things that that push music theater in a new direction and also Mm. push it for Australia because Mm. you know we don't get a lot of really great new work because there's not funding most of the time for it the work is out there it's just funding for it so Fangirls is definitely one of those exciting shows to see some great Aussie actors Mm. and great great talent great writers so it's mm. definitely a good one. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. It
2: was.
1: <laughs> it's definitely it feels like part of the um the changing culture of making theatre that is not just for any particular audience. Like I was really shocked like when I went and saw Six. I was like expecting just like teenagers. I saw um there was a group of retirement village, like retirement, like retirees. I don't know what the right term I'm trying to look for is. No, you that can say old, people.
2: <laughs> old yeah, people. old yeah. people. <laughs> oh, come on.
1: <laughs> sitting behind us. And I was like, Aww. there was this moment where I sat down with my friend Ash and I went, oh no, do they not know that this is like a <laughs> pop musical,
2: not like a historical yeah. thing or something. They were so into it. That's the and thing. We can't, like, underestimate any audience yeah. member and, like, their mm-hmm. willingness to engage with the work. Like, yeah. they're if their booty's on the seat, they're there to see it. And, like, whether yeah. it's because they're si- regular Sydney Opera House goers or if they were actual fans of the musical, like, they're there. Yeah. And it's for them. I feel, like,
1: I feel like with shows like Fangirls and with Six, they're really pushing that boundary of, like, it's theatre for anyone for any age, anyone can see it. And they'll – everyone will always take something different
2: from it as well Mm, yeah it doesn't I know what you mean I feel what I hear is that you're trying to say it doesn't exclude anyone like yes there's which is like I feel like all theater like everyone can learn from any theater show you see but sometimes I sit watch things and I go I don't feel like anyone ever considered that I would be watching this or like someone Mm -hmm. that is like me or thinks like me or blah blah blah. because I feel like I'm missing out on something that is the core of this show or i meant to make sense of this thing. And it, in my experience, that doesn't make sense. Like these choices or blah, blah. So yeah, I get what you mean. I don't think six or fangirls excludes anyone from taking away any sort of message. Yeah. yeah. Which is
1: so exciting to see. Mm. Um, and so you were a semi-finalist in the inaugural artists of color initiative in 2020. Mm. How do you feel from your personal experience, this has impacted you as a performer today?
2: That is such a nice question and that is really the Ask the Colour initiative is so special and in the middle of such a shit year and um, I feel like it has, well, it's made me talk to a lot, a lot of people, like like uh, the just connect with a lot of people um, for one, but really I remember when I sent in my audition and I kind of had the, do you ever like experience something really good and you go oh this is how good something can be and like the other experiences weren't like this and now i'll always have this point of reference that was very much me auditioning for that because like they asked for um a song and a a, a piece of you, uh, 90 seconds of you moving or dancing and like i'm not like i haven't been like dancing since i could walk or anything i've just done, i've got my uni training so i'm a strong mover but um strong mover represent normalize it <laughs> it's very normal I feel you girl I feel you yes yeah. you're,
1: you're you're talking to both strong movers right now so we feel yes. you
2: there is no solidarity like strong mover solidarity yeah. but yeah. um yeah I remember like normally if they ask me to send a clip of me dancing for anything I'm like oh fuck like because I just know it's not technically like The best and it's really vulnerable to like watch yourself do it and it's just like it's gross but I had this thing when I was sending in for the ASA initiative I was like oh it said it said dancing or moving and I saw the panel like the panelists and I was like that also that's the power of having um BIPOC panel (laughs) um I was Mm -hmm. like I can't do any wrong here and I'm not going to be judged here um like I'm that they're not going to look at this and be like, oh, she can't do a développé." Like, and I I just, like, did, like, an improv movement piece, which I feel comfortable doing, and um, I sent it in. And, like, I think because I felt so safe to do that, it was, like, even if I couldn't do, like, a nice pirouette perhaps, it was still, like, a connected and authentic piece of movement. And, like, that I think, <laughs> yeah. like, just like that for, like, that little – dance clip that I normally wouldn't be so confident in I was like oh my god the difference between that as an audition experience versus um any like lots of other things that i had sent on auditions for I was like wow that's really impacted me as a performer now into how like just gauging what I feel comfortable with doing and why not am I like not sending in things and going oh I don't really think they would like it because of what mm-hmm. is it because I don't know what the panel looks like is it because I don't know with with what um expertise they're viewing my work with and judging it on and like you know so yeah and also like you could just wear whatever you didn't have to be wearing your Capizios and like the fucking <laughs> <laughs> block merch. The full, the full gear, the like leotard. Yeah. Little, I've got like, my Leducer boots on in my living room. Yeah. No, I, I, I literally just, I think I probably wore a t-shirt and some trackies and I moved around in the living room and that was really it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's definitely impacted me as a performer and it's, it was just special, really, really special.
1: It's so important and I think Seeing and knowing and understanding who the audition panel alone mm. would make such a big difference because you're so often sending in stuff that you just go, I don't
2: I don't know. Like I hope this is going to a safe place.
1: Like <laughs> especially through self tapes. Self tapes are yeah. such a it's such a different vibe. And I think it's so hard as well to show yourself after a while. Like you'll film one or two and you're like, that was great. Let's just film do one more, the safety Four and hours
2: you- later, you oh, hate everything no. you've ever done and you don't yeah. want to, and you have like 70 takes to look through and they're all just yeah. slightly different. Yeah, no, I feel you 100%. Yeah. But like you yeah. only will feel safe to be fully yourself and stuff if it is made safe for you as well. Like mm-hmm. you can do all that work yourself, but there is, you know, steps that need to be made from the other side and AOC Initiative was totally doing that.
0: I guess in terms of... Not only the artists of color, but also COVID, and reflecting upon uh, upon the industry itself. What are some changes that you want to see in within the arts, not just in Australia, but abroad? And how do you think that we can achieve these? Um,
2: I literally dare Australian to be Australia to be better at casting. I mm. dare you. Cut like it's just. A bit ridiculous. It's always one step forward, two steps back. And I think, like, all what we can do, like, us three, like, the circle of people that we keep, and, like, you know, the people that I assume listen to your podcast, like, we're all, I'm going to say, safe to assume, are pretty switched on about what's, what needs to happen and all of that stuff. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it's hard. And I think this is the thing that makes it such a, uh, emotionally taxing struggle is that it does need to come from the other side. It does need to come from casting directors just listening to what, like, the conversations that we are having right now and, like, we can do so, what what we can do is just keep it in conversation, keep it in awareness, keep pushing for it where we can. But, yeah, the decisions need to be made by higher-ups and um, mm-hmm. that sucks because it's kind of a little out of our control. Um but it's just, yeah, the, the like, I can bang on about how representation is important, but I think we all know it. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I yeah, I get what you mean. It's it definitely comes from people higher up, but even even within smaller groups, like for instance, the three of us, or anyone listening here, there's also opportunities to create your own work. And knowing when you do that to 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 make good choices that you think will really help the industry grow within that and um, making small choices ends up making like small changes end up making bigger changes Mm. and although yeah it does come from the higher ups we can hope that you know we make some noise you know make some noise and and make make them listen and and try and have conversations if you ever have an opportunity is to have those conversations to have them
2: Mm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think this is like a tiny tangent, but it makes perfect sense with this um, This question. It's like I got to watch um, Shannon go on for Edna, Shannon Elise Kwan, who was a swing on Fangirls with me. Yeah. And she also did Six with me. Can't escape. Um, I love that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, she went on for Edna and I watched and it was so like such a big thing for me to see that because a, I hadn't seen the show before, but honest, in regards to this like casting thing, Shannon and I completely different. We do not look the same. We don't even have the same energy on stage. Our voices are nothing alike. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. but I watched it and I was like, that's the story. That's a, like, no one what like watching this didn't get the right story or mm-hmm. like no one watching my version over Shannon's didn't get the right story. Um, So then I'm thinking, why the hell is Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors always uh, a blonde white lady? Yeah. Why are we doing? And we go, oh, that's just the type. And it's like, but like we literally have examples. Like in me watching Shannon was a big one for me of being like, why are we doing things so boring? And like when we can have, why is Elwood's not black? Like why are we like? Mm. It just it's the same story. The story is the text. So
1: anyone anyone can tell that story exactly exactly. And how much. more and this is not saying that anybody doesn't do the role good but how interesting would it be to see such a diverse different range of how many, and also
2: like that's the power of representation is that like you know it, people d- like people will go and they go oh i look like that therefore i now can connect to that character a bit more and the nuances that that person brought um from being whatever ethnicity or body type or yeah. you know all that stuff I now see myself in that and I couldn't have made that connection if I couldn't see it myself, which is that if you can see it, you can be it thing, yeah. which is just sounds like yeah. it's wanky, but it's so spot on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I, I definitely felt that for, through Fangirls or, and, and Six and that's, yeah, it's just like it, it's that simple, but people are just not doing it. So that's one of the things that I'm like, ugh, yeah. come on. Come on, come on.
1: Misty. Yeah. I think we will get there We just, unfortunately, I think, take time and more perseverance and i guess more people making their own work to be able to just
2: more people show. putting the money in those spots where yeah. they can and supporting yeah. that and yeah. yeah and valuing that and like you know, I think it's amazing. Like any new Australian work, I'm just so in awe of. Um, oh, anyone dude. that creates <laughs> anything, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you really did that. Yeah. It could literally be, yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, good yes. job,
0: good job. How did you write a note? I couldn't even write a chord on this.
2: music. Oh, the my God, it's music. Like, amazing. Wow. But then I also go like, you know, I, uh, um, this isn't at all a judgment. It's just an observation that a lot of new works are just sounding like jason robert brown but with an australian accent and i'm like that's great everyone has their influences i think and it's also very valuable and like jason robert brown is loved for so many reasons i like no judgment whatsoever but like you can do something that's never been done before yeah you can reinvent the wheel um i do think fangirls is an example of that
0: definitely like
2: it, uh, it yeah i just that's the one thing I think about like creating new work is don't do it like do it how you want to do it don't do it how you think you should do it
0: and that's how that's how you become a Jason Robert Brown exactly by pushing the buttons and going what do I what mark do I want to make on it what's different what's your
2: individual flavor like what's that voice like you can do a Jason Robert Brown Australian show if you want but like what's your little isms that make that your work. That's what I'm interested in for any any creator.
1: I guess this is our last, heading into our last question oh. for oh. the episode. <laughs> well, like semi-last question. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you say to anyone who's listening who's a bit unsure if they
2: belong in this industry? Firstly, I'd be like, what? And then secondly, I would be like, <laughs> who told you that? And... Who like benefits from you believing that? Because, uh, you know, I think like I could sit here and be like, you do belong, you. But it's like, but there are, you know, there's a whole world and, um, st- you know, structures of our industry that make people believe those things. No one wants to believe those things. It's like kind of a result of all of this other stuff. Um, so I would just like, yeah, I think the the solve to um I I read this quote that was like I I'm obsessed with it was saying like the solve to imposter syndrome is authenticity and like showing up as who you are a is always enough and if like if our industry doesn't feel like if our industry is making you not feel like that understand that that is not that that like I I don't want to say not your problem because like I understand how it is but (laughs) It's, that's coming from the outside in the same way that like, you know, when I, like you hear about two girls being, you know, bitchy to each other and I'm like, and they're like being like, you stole my boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's actually not these two. Like everyone has their own responsibilities and stuff, but <laughs> I'm, like, that's a, I'm like, that's actually a reaction to the structure of the world being like. Yes women are in competition. You know, when someone goes, I don't belong in this industry, I'm like, that's a reaction to this structure that we are, like, we are working hard to dismantle. Um, But, yeah, I just always come back to, like, who benefits from you believing this? Because you don't, I'm sure. I'm sure that makes life harder. Um, Don't, like, rob yourself of, like doing something you love because someone else said something. I feel like that's so wanky and so much easier said than done. But yeah, I feel like that's my piece today.
0: No. no, no it makes so much sense. I yeah. I really love that advice. I think it's really great. It's a great perspective as well to have on it. But obviously thank you so much for being here. <gasps> thank today. you for having me. Have... Oh my gosh, we have enjoyed talking about all this Theater nonsense yeah. and um, great chats, obviously in-depth chats, but also some fun chats just about shows you've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, before we go, we're actually going to do a little bit of a bedtime story. Yeah. So I don't know if you <laughs> have a bedtime story for us. I do. <laughs> I
2: think oh, they're not like knee slappers, to be honest. Oh, but no, they're no. just kind
0: of like don't need to be. They could be like little fun, <laughs> little you know, fun, just a little fun tidbit.
2: <laughs> um, little fun, funny story. Um, the okay one is just that my skirt fell off when I was doing fangirls at one point and it was in it was like so it was so frustrating it was just in like a part where like the lights are going crazy and then when the lights come up we're in a new scene and I'm meant to be standing there in my school uniform and I was like dancing really hard in the like lights and then when the (laughs) lights came up I was just like awkwardly fumbling to keep my skirt on I wasn't wearing (laughs) nothing underneath I had oh thank god no yeah um I actually – I had my quick change uh, – um, quick change? I had my, like, li- yeah, little quick change um, the denim shorts underneath. So everyone – it was more just confusing for the audience. It wasn't like, ha, ha, her skirt's fallen off. We can see her butt. Like, it was more, oh, why is she now wearing school uniform but with denim shorts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's and a look is yeah everyone was i think everyone was just <laughs> confused but then um james meduce turned around and like was meant to give me the first line and we were both just like holding and giggles for like the whole scene um and then the other one this is like less funny more just like uh an or, like kind of like an actor nightmare <laughs> moment where i was doing a scene um with aiden my scene partner and who plays harry and he was He eats a sandwich while I hold the sandwich and the sandwich just had heaps of jam in it that day. And so I got jam all over my hands and then I just couldn't put it anywhere like because I had a whole like few scenes and songs to do like where I wasn't going off so I just had jam in my like cupped in my palm for quite a while oh. <laughs> and, we're d- and it's like the most high stakes scene I'm literally like begging him to like like run away with me and like um it's emotional <laughs> blah 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 and he had no idea anyway and then I sit down I don't I don't know if this was by accident or on purpose but I sat down to talk to him and I just put my hand on like the grottiest rug and it's like a part like a part of her bedroom. She just has this manky rug.
1: And I put my (laughs) hand
2: straight on her and I just was like, oh God. And then I was acting and like gesturing with my hands and it was just like jam and hair from the rug. And it was like this giant hair (laughs) ball jam moment just attached to my hand. And I was trying to like wipe it really subtly and like keep acting. And I don't know if Aiden noticed at that point. But then, of course, there's a moment where I have to hold his hands and we're, like, staring into each other's <gasps> eyes. And, like, oh, he didn't no, know it was no, coming. No. And I was literally like, I just had a hairy jam ball in my hands and I'm about to grab you and be like, ah, like, holding holding on to you. <laughs> and I saw, I grabbed him and he, it squelched and he, he felt it, he heard it. We were looking at each other and I was like, I saw his eyeballs kind of widened a bit. And I was just like, we just got to keep going. And <laughs> we did. At, yeah, this it was just one of those ones. It's like, it's so nothing. Like the audience probably weren't n- yeah. aware of it. But I was. <laughs> it was fr- so frustrating and gross. Oh, um, I mean, because you'd yeah. think you'd lick Ooh. it. Like, you'd you think you'd go
0: and lick it, but if you're in a serious scene, you can't just lick your hand. like you even well, just, be, just like, normal, like,
2: lick- being a normal person and, like, picking and it licking. off and then wiping my yeah. hand on something. But no, I was like, I just, you know, when you're in those moments, <laughs> you kind of can't think. I was just kind of, oh, like, yeah. half dragging my hand across yeah. the rug, trying to be make it an acting choice. It was just not working <laughs> that day.
1: <laughs> I think it's, it is, it's so hard sometimes when you're in a show to... Be normal? Like, something will happen that's that's like outside of what is normal. For this role, and you're like, I just, I don't, I
2: don't know how.
1: Yeah. How do this. I react to this? Oh my what god! It
2: literally, like, you think you'll just be, like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a great actor. I know how to say my lines and stuff. So then, mm. why, when you know, the beanbag was like a slight bit too far over to the left, I was literally like doing the scene, but in the back of my brain was like, maybe I should move the beanbag, or maybe when I walk past, <laughs> I'm gonna make it a choice and I'm gonna pick up the beanbag and throw it down again, and I'm literally like. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Calm down. No, no, there was someone in the
1: audience like, oh, my God, the beanbag. That's out. The beanbag is slightly different to last night. They were like,
2: Karis isn't on tonight. I see behind her eyes. She's, like, (laughs) planning something.
1: (laughs) I love that. Those are... Those are great bedtime stories because like I love love it story. doesn't have to be
2: anything like big and fancy. It's just like No. No. I feel like that is uh shit happens. I, yeah. Oh, actually another one that's tiny is that I did like slip in my fir- in the first thirty seconds of my first show of Sixth the Musical. Um and Aww. I Yeah. Very sad, actually. But I didn't. I didn't like smack the ground. I didn't like eat shit. I literally just clung to Carla Gare's skirt, and I was kind of like one of those moments. You know when you see people falling on ice, it was, yeah. but they refused to fall.
1: That yeah, was me. Yes.
2: And I, she then just kind of like yanked me into the right direction, and I did a little turn, and then I hit the curry, and it was all good. But then I, you know, when you fall, and then you like get the sweats, like you get that rush yeah. of like hot. So I was sweaty from the first 30 seconds of the show and that show is sweaty. So, yeah. yeah, I remember doing my song and being like, oh, I have like a mustache of water, but that's fine. That's I'm right. a queen and, like, mm, and some queens glistening. do. You're glistening. I was representing <laughs> exactly. sweaty queens.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> no. representation matter?
2: matters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much again, <laughs> Karis,
1: okay. for coming on and chatting with us today. It really has been so good and just like so chill and such great chats and love everything that you've had to say and all the advice that you've given. Thank um, you. For anyone who wants to, obviously six will be happening in Sydney. In December it will be happening. It will mm-hmm. be happening. Um, so we'll include the details for that. Obviously you can't book tickets for it yet, I don't think. Um, I don't but- think so. We'll put all the info for it down in the description below. And obviously, if you want to follow Karis, her social media is just Karis Oka, just K-A-R-I-S-O-K-A on Instagram. Super yep. simple, super easy to find. We'll also link that down below. Um, but thank you so much again for being here. And um, thank you. until next time, you guys, stay happy, healthy and safe. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.